Welcome, I'm Larry Olson, and what's on your mind? Once set, it delivers your life. To change the outcomes we want, we must change the plays we're running. Join us at Mindset Playbook with real people, real talk, for real insight. Today's episode is sponsored by Apernio, an achievement acceleration company whose approach to professional development enables clients to gain insights and perspectives to live, work, and engage with more success. I want to welcome everybody to Mindset Playbook, and I want to thank you for investing your time with us. If you're interested in setting your business apart from all the others, then you've chosen the right podcast. With us today is Kevin Maney, a journalist who has been covering tech and society for 30 years, as well as a best-selling author of Play Bigger, How Pirates, Dreamers, and Innovators Create and Dominate Markets. Kevin is also a partner at Category Design Advisors, where he and his team guides leadership teams to help them define, develop, and ultimately, now listen to this, dominate a new category of business. I want to welcome Kevin to Mindset Playbook. Thanks, Larry. Nice introduction. I appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Thank you for being with us. You know, Kevin, my business is all about thinking, the creator of our habits, attitudes, beliefs, and expectations that drive our behavior as well as our performance. What was a turning point for you that led to the mindset shift that caused you to partner up and create the business of category design advisors? Um, great question. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and I, I'm sure, Larry, that you know this so well, is that um, uh, the, uh, the, the things that happen at a particular moment in time are actually the result of thousands and thousands of things that have built up before that. Um, you bet. And, uh, and in, in, in my case, the turning point happened at a dinner um, in San Francisco in what would have been 2014, I think. Okay. Um, so just a little background to explain is uh, I, I have, uh, or had been, or I guess still in some ways have been a journalist and writer and author about technology and business and the technology industry going back to the eighties. So I've seen everything. I've interviewed everybody you could probably name, um, and uh, and have and also got deeply into history of technology. and And I wrote a biography of Thomas Watson, the guy who built IBM. It's like goes the whole history of IBM. So I, I, you know, I've, I have a lot, a lot going on in the wheels turning around in here. You know about what's happened, uh, the historical arc of technology, and what's going on. Um, and so uh, uh, there was an old friend, a guy named El Ramadan, who I had originally met in the 90s when he started a company called Quokka Sports, um, mm -hmm. which uh, was one of those classic companies that foresaw a lot of how we were going to consume sports over the internet mm -hmm. um, before it actually worked. <laughs> and they didn't quite make it out of the dot-com crash. Uh -huh. um, but he uh, he was a you know, fascinating, visionary guy. We kept in touch over these years. So Al had started working with these other two guys, Dave Peterson and Chris Lockhead, both also Silicon Valley veterans, founders, CEOs, CMOs, whatever, um, in, a, in a company or a firm that was um, 
advising startups. And their core piece of advice to startups was um, that uh, uh, if you're in someone else's category, you're just scratching for market share. And the better mentality for a startup is to um, create your, you know, create an, your own category because, especially in digital markets, categories tend to be winner take all mm-hmm. uh, or winner take most. You know, you sure. look at a, you know, a Salesforce or an Amazon or whatever. You know, they're 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 basically one giant and a few squeaks following them. Um, and uh, and and they they had some bits and pieces of how this you know should work, but it didn't all kind of add up to one big, you know, thematic idea. But when I heard them talk about th- this, the sense of um, digital markets are are more than ever winner take all. And so if you're running a company, why would you want to be anything but um, creating your own category that you're going to try to dominate? Why, why would you want to have any other minds? That based on everything I would, had been writing about and learning about the internet and digital markets and technology companies, it immediately clicked that that's actually right. And um, and I was sitting at that dinner and talking with them. I didn't know that there was really a book in this and it was all mm. going to you know come together, but I knew there was some core piece of thing that was really worth ex- to um, try to tease out and, un- and understand. So basically the four of us started just uh, meeting regularly and talking. And, you know, it was nice that, Chris Lockhead, one of the guys, had this beautiful house in Santa Cruz, and we could go park there for a few days, and you know, in our board shorts and um, and sandals, and you know, and and uh, and just chat about this stuff. And it started, so it was like through that process that it started to come together. Um, and and I think what I what I brought was the um, because when you um, it, one of the things some of your listeners will know and others should know is that writing a book is the best possible way to create disciplined thought because mm-hmm. a book has to be something that holds together from page one to page 200 something. Uh, all the ideas have to have to hold together and be of one piece. And, um, and you have to throw out the stuff that doesn't matter. Um, and, and so through the process of writing the book and, kind of forcing those guys to think that way. Um, we, it started to all come together into one, you know, discipline, essentially, what we call, ended up calling a discipline of category design. And uh, uh, and that ended up becoming the book, Play Bigger. And I have to tell you, I've written nine books. I've never had a single book that, and here from a dinner where I didn't even know that this was going to like be of anything wow. worthwhile. It's uh, by far the best-selling book I've ever been a part of, most impactful book, and and turned my career completely around. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. And so, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is if you're involved at all in media, you recognize the saturation. Um, You know, it seemed like years and years ago, someone coming into your company as a coach was such a novel and unique idea. And now everybody's a coach. And so it's, it's kind of getting through all of that. I was a teacher at one time and I, I thought I was going to be really creative. And I put 500 topics on the board and asked them, go ahead and pick a topic and you can write on anyone you want. And I overwhelmed them. Too many choices. 
Right. <laughs> so they, they were basically, what do you want us to write on? And, you know, because nobody really wants to pick the wrong thing. But how do you stay away from everybody having their own category design? Uh, um. Well, it, well. So, it, it, I mean, it is it is a true conundrum kind of thing that if yeah. every single company was creating a category, it, then it wouldn't you know it wouldn't matter, right? Right. Was, yeah. Uh, and so, um, I mean, there is there is, that. but uh, what ends up happening is that um, an amazing number of company leaders just don't think that way. Yeah. And uh, and and you know, so many think in terms of. Um, uh, there, you know, there's a proven market over there. We can go into that market and do it a little bit better. And you know what? For a lot of people, that's actually a good business. You can do that, and you can, you know, if there's a some twenty billion dollar market out there, and you can steal, you know, five percent of the market. Well, yeah, it's wow. not a bad business, right? Yeah, exactly. And and, and more power to them. Um, but it's it's also a um, perilous place to be because. Uh, because better is an argument you have to constantly win. Um, and, and there's always somebody else who can come along and say, you know, your, your dial turns to a 10, my turns to 11. Um, and, uh, and <laughs> it's a, um, something different happens, you know, and I know your background, you neurology and, and you, you know, brain science and all that. So you understand cognitive biases mm -hmm. and, um, and an interesting thing happens when, you create a new category and convince people that you're the one that knows how that category works. And everybody starts to um, believe that you're the one. Um, and that's really hard to shake out of people's minds, no matter. If, and, you know, you think of example, how many examples can you think of, 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 of a technology that dominated the market and somebody comes along and, and it's provably better that their, their product is provably better. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Look how much Microsoft spent something like $10 billion trying to convince us that Bing was a better search engine than Google. And it provably was a better search engine than Google at one point in time. And none of us cared because in our heads, Google was just, that was it. That was what equaled search. And um, that happens over and over again. So um, uh, the not only, not only, does that winner take all thing happen in the short run? And, and that's all, always a great, better place to be than being somebody who's trying to catch up. But it also is almost impossible to um, dislodge that idea that that um, that company that created and, and defined that category is the one that's going to you're going to turn to over and over again for you know years to come, even if somebody else comes along and says we're better. What fantastic insights we are getting into in this episode. If this resonates with you and is provoking and of value, please consider the best-selling book of Get a Vision and Live It by your host, Larry Olson, at LarryOlsonLive.com. Thousands of our listeners have found tremendous value from Larry's book, which has been an inspiration to Mindset Playbook's guests. You'll find everything you need to live the best version of your life while accomplishing things now that were once only imagined. The results you'll get will absolutely amaze you. Find the book at LarryOlsonLive.com. And now let's get back. You won't want to miss what's to come on this episode of Mindset Playbook. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the work that you do when you go into an organization is to perhaps identify the problem it is that they can find resolution to that most people are facing. And their category is unique in the sense of of being able to do just that or how, how, you know, and and I'm sure there's a marketing arm to it because most most individuals out there, you know, may have a company that's marketing, but they're marketing same old, same old. And, you know, that comment you said was brilliant about better is an argument you keep having to fight. And I don't know if I blew that, but (laughs) that is brilliant. I mean, I really need to pause on that because how many people want to get better in their health? How many people want to have a better marriage? How many people want to get along better? It it becomes so cliche-ish and it gives us the impression that we're actually interested in growth. And I believe what you've said is it actually stifles our growth because it gives us the impression that we're into our growth. Mm-hmm. But what are we doing about it? <laughs> right. Right. And so kind of elaborate on um, on the, the taking, like, for instance, when we decided that we were in performance-driven neurology mm-hmm. and that I'm an expert in the field. And, you know, you can, you can prove that if you're into outliers and you recognize Gladwell's comments about 10,000 hours of mm-hmm. time you put into anything. You know, we're experts at sleeping by the time we're three years of age, <laughs> according to that formula. I, I am so fascinated by the role that every company wants to be unique wants not to have to be chasing after, fighting the better argument. Mm -hmm. Where do you folks differentiate yourself? And why should our listeners care about contacting and getting involved, Kevin, in what you folks have been able to do? Because I know you're very successful at it. Yeah, well, um, uh, well, I mean, in part because it, it seems to work. But much, much to my surprise, you know, look, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm an author and writer, right? So I write a book um, and, and, uh, and I think, right, I wrote a book and, you know, and, and it goes out there and whatever it happens, yeah. happens. Um, uh, to, to have, um, first of all, what's the reason this business even exists is because people read the book and then came calling and said, you have to help us do it. And you wrote about it in the book. And then, and then again, coming from where I come from, the idea that starting to carry out what we wrote about um, and having uh, it actually work (laughs) was actually like, oh my God. (laughs) uh, um, No, but it, it, uh, um, so. um, Yeah, we can't intellectualize ourselves into high performance, right? (laughs) what tends to happen is uh, uh, we we often get contacted by companies that have been around for three or four or five years. Okay, they they built something um, and and it maybe it was and it usually is reasonably successful and they but they get to a point where um, there's a now what moment mm-hmm. um, and um, and they uh, and usually the team if you ask the leadership team of eight people, what the next now, what was you'd get to eight different answers. Okay. Um, And, and so one of the things that I've discovered is that this process that we go through um, really helps uh, um, 
the 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 team get everything out on the table um, of what we're thinking about, and then and then through our lens of like okay we're looking for something that's going to create a new category here, not just be you, me too, or whatever else. Start to funnel that together and, until we slowly start to get um, uh, alignment around, uh, from the team around where we're going, what that flag is we're going to plant on the hill. Gotcha. And, and, we're, uh, and, if, and if we can find that category, that, that thing that doesn't exist yet. And by the way, you, you mentioned the word problem a few times in um, in the conversation here. And we think of a, a category as um, a problem that uh, either no one thinks they can solve um, or is, uh, uh, is getting solved in some, you know, really, you know, not very satisfactory way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's just still sitting there. It's still a problem. A problem equals a category opportunity. Okay. And if we can identify that unsolved problem and really put some strong words around it. So it feels like a mission. We have to go solve this problem. Um, then uh, it's it's not just, it's not, it's more than just seeing a category and then and then having that be something the company does. It actually rallies the company. It gets everybody aligned around one thing. And if you see that that open opportunity and you and and, you, and the company really believes like this is an important problem and we can solve it. Um, it, it starts to drive everybody. And, and so what we've seen is that it, it, it brings companies together mm-hmm. and points them all, everybody in the company in a particular direction and gives them that flag on a hill to go for. Wow. And it seems, and it feels like it matters. It doesn't feel like, you know, there's, there's two kinds of flags you can plant on the hill. One is you plant a, hill, a competitor's flag in the hill and you say, we're going to take it. <laughs> and the other is that you see that there's an empty hill over there. And we're going to climb that hill and put our own flag on it. Gotcha. So we're going this way. Gotcha. Um, to fi- find find your you know find the, the hill that's not taken yet and put your flag on it instead of fighting this uphill battle to try to take your competitor's flag away. From yeah, them. I think Avis when they had the the motto "We try harder." Yeah, because they always <laughs> had to. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, you you end up living what it's, it's almost a self fulfilling prophecy. That's right. We've already stated we're never going to be there, but we, you know we're trying harder. Um, you know that really makes a lot of sense. And and what I hear you saying is you're helping an organization identify their sen- true sense of purpose. You know, and and everybody has different definitions of purpose. And you know, I think the the author that kind of brought the celebrity to it as Simon Sinek on his, in his whole quest for why. Fair enough. Yep. Yep. Um, but it's such an essential element that seems to be missing because if you don't know what your why is, there's no real line in the sand. There, there's no initiative to go above and beyond whatever obstacle may come in your way. It, it's just that didn't work instead of this will never work. And and that's that's really great stuff that you're doing because that's very much inspiring. I mean, you're getting into some real dominant motivators now that a lot of organizations miss, and it leads into this this whole thing that people got when the COVID hit, and we went into this awareness thing. Do I really like what I'm doing, and what am I doing? And you couldn't help but ask those questions. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are just really situated now in a beautiful position 
to to continue to make a hell of a difference in in the lives of not only the company but the people within it. Yeah, no, I I, I appreciate that, and I think that's that's true. I mean, it's very satisfying work. It's really very yeah. satisfying work. It does it does um, uh, connect nicely to uh, Synex. Uh, start with why. It is essentially what we're doing. We're telling you know, and and you know, in that construct, right? He says most companies will start by telling you, "Here's what we do." And, and you don't understand why it matters. And so you kind of half the time just tune it out. Yeah. Um, and, and we similarly, we're going to a company, we say, we th- let's throw out, we don't even want to talk about what you do. Let's start with what, what's the problem to be solved? Why do you want to exist in the world? Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's the starting place. Um, and it's also important to say, um, I think too, that, um, and, and again, this echoes what I think you were, you were getting at, um, we don't go out and like study a market and come back and say like, oh, here's what you should do. Yeah. We believe that the people we're talking to across the table and the leadership team, they have it in them. They 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 know more about the market and the business than we'll ever know. Plus, they also know what their desires are for what they want to do in the world. So our job is, I mean, we've had more than one CEO tell us basically that we just were basically a, a, a psych, psychiatrist session for the company because we're just pulling it out of them. Like, tell us your, you know, tell us your true feelings. And, 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 then, and, and then we're taking that and shaping it and helping it um, uh, uh, shape it into a, 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 you know, a strategic direction. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, it also plays very well to having them recognize that you folks have defined your category mm-hmm. as, as opposed to still trying to see if this thing's going to work. And I think that's the real difference between bringing outside people into an organization is some already have the answer and others want to find out what it is that this organization is looking for. Yeah. And when you don't want to know what they're, you know, what they're, how they define themselves, you're tr- staying away from not being biased yourself, coming in with these preconceived notions. And boy, can we not listen when that happens? Yeah, yeah, right. That's true. Right? You guys got to be great listeners. Well, it's true. You know, and I, I, look, I've, I've often said, um, it, it, you know, we're strangely or, or you know, cosmically, um, the, the decades I spent as a journalist turned out to have been the best training possible for this work because being a journalist is all about asking questions, having an open mind, understanding what people are saying and being able to express what other people are talking about in a way that that's better than the way that they can actually say it themselves. Amen. Amen. And, and you know, you go into a company and most companies um, are, uh, are really not good, good communicators. Um, and uh, and they get lost in their own sort of you know jargon and weeds and all of that. So part of the magic is um, not just helping them discover where they want to go, but actually help them helping them express it. Yeah. And um, and you know and and um, listening to hard to what they want to say, but understanding that there's a better way to say it. And right. and that's where um, you know the the training that I've had comes in very you know very handy. Yeah. Well, if you get into psycholinguistics at all, the power that language has on behavior, it's all about words. Yeah. And we we innately are so caught up in, in our own life and how without even knowing it, we've already defined it 
when they talk about 95% of us go through the day unconscious, just, just reacting to how we reacted the last time it happened, because that's how the amygdala operates. I mean, it tries to protect us and it doesn't right. want to slow down and think. So we just keep reacting, reacting. And then someone like you comes into a company and, and it's, it's almost, let's time out for a moment. You know, let's, let's really stop what we've been doing and, and find ourselves, you know, not only what it is we want to be doing, but why do we want to be doing it? And it doesn't make a difference. You know, when Jobs came up with, he wanted to put a dent in the universe. I mean, that was, that was really simplistic, but God, I want to be a part of that. You know, how, how do we make the dent? And, and you know, better than anybody. And this is a question I wanted to ask you really, is there a difference between a journalist and a reporter? Um, well, it, let me play, answer the question in a slightly different way. Okay. Um, my observation has always been there are two kinds of journalists, and they're okay. both extremely extremely valuable. Okay. Uh, and the one kind of journalist is the classic reporter that you're probably thinking of when you say that word. That's the person who goes out and and um, you know digs for information, finds out things that people don't know. And puts together, you know, a, a very factual story that um, tells you this, you know, about this thing that you know is going on in the world. And I was never great at that. <laughs> I had colleagues that were, and I admired them greatly. The, the, the reporters who could dig and dig and find this, you know, this this story that you know didn't want to be told. The other kinds of journalists are. Um, more the observational thinking, um, and, and I don't want to use thinking in a way that makes it sound like the others don't, but um, uh, that try to put pieces together and and add per perspective and and uh, um, you know tell you something that puts the pieces of the puzzle together and tells you something about the world. Okay. That's the kind of journalist I was, um, and and if you you know if you look at the, any day's issue of the New York Times, there's going to be a combination of those two kinds of things. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's and uh, uh, and I think that's what's helped me in this this kind of work because that's what it's about. It's about putting these pieces together and and saying something new about the world. Yeah. Well, I want to um, uh, go ahead um, add something else because your your interest obviously is in you know the power of words and stories and narratives. Yeah. Um, and you know businesses. Um, I uh, tend to think that, um, you know, that uh, a business is run on, you know, numbers and spreadsheets and, um, and, and bullet points and PowerPoint slides and all that stuff. And that's how you tell the story of your business. But I, as I 100% bet, you know, is that the most powerful way to get a point across to somebody is a narrative. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the way humans are built and the way our minds are built. Yeah. And, and so, that is how we capture um, the category and the strategy. We've gone all through the, this exercise with the company. We've come to some conclusions about what that flag on the hill is. Um, and the way we capture it is we write this thousand word essay, um, manifesto, constitute, whatever you want to call it, um, that, uh, that, that tells, and, and, you know, it's like almost like the plot of every superhero movie you see, like it starts out, here's the, you know, here it's, it's all about the problem in the beginning, the jokers arrived in town, you know, and all that. Right. Um, and that's the first part, it, you know, it's dark and it feels, you really feel the problem. And then we, um, introduce the, you know, the hero, the 
company that's going to solve this category and what that solution looks like. How do you, how do you, how do you solve this problem? How do you change the world this way? Yeah. Um, and only at the very end of that story, do we even say, um, and here's the company that's going to do this. Okay. So it's, uh, um, and so the, 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 the narrative conveys the whole problem and solution and how the world gets better if this happens. And, and it, you know, and we, you know, it does it in a very compact form, but um, it it becomes the story that the company can tell itself, and that seems to be um, a really powerful way to get this across. Wow! Yeah. Well, you are you are preaching to the choir here. Um, I see so many similarities between our businesses, and I I give kudos to you for recognizing how essential it is that we hear their story. And, and then as you folks are doing, helping them tell it in a fashion that really allows what they've been attempting to accomplish come to life. And more often than not, they discover a deeper why than they even came into when they started the company. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you not only engage all the associates in the organization, but you engage leadership. And sometimes leadership, you know, in the beginning, we all know it's very fascinated and excited about the vision. But then the bigger they get, the challenges become in communicating that to others and having others, you know, through onboarding or whatever the process. But when you when you've got that compelling thousand words and you've got it narrowed down to maybe a sentence or two as to what we do. I love the point that you then state, and and this organization can solve that for you. Instead of, and here's how you solve it. Excuse me. And I think I think that's how where a lot of people get off track is they start coming up with solutions, and the person they're talking to doesn't really want the answer yet. Do you do you really understand what my problem is before you? You go ahead and give me solutions to it, yep. which I believe over 90% of, of people that are trying to sell something are doing. And then we're just supposed to be like, oh, that's what's going to make me happy right, and right. Uh, go out and consume it, right? Well, the other, and the other powerful thing about that psychologically too is um, if, if, you can, um, if, you, if you can tell somebody that if you can make somebody understand that um, you understand their problem... Um, that's, that's more powerful than you coming in and saying, um, I've got this thing I want to sell you. Um, and, uh, and if you, and if, if you feel like somebody truly understands your problem, you're likely to listen to them when they say, and I think I have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what, that's what we're after. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That is such a, a powerful approach to dealing with anybody. Um, it's so easy. There's a great little video out there. Um, I think it's called Nail in the Head. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, but I'm gonna, now I'm going to have to look it up, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a guy talking to his girlfriend. And she's, it starts out, all you hear is a conversation. And, and you know, you don't listen to me. And, and uh, you know, I'll, I've, I'm so upset. And I've never been in such stress. And all you want to do is give me answers and and. I just have got such a pain in my head. And, and then as they pan out, she's got a nail in her forehead. And he goes, well, if you just pull the nail out, and she goes, that's just it. 
all you want to do is solve my problem. You don't really want to listen to me. So, you know, and it's, it's such a great metaphor for all we, any of us want to do is pull out the nail <laughs> and the rest of us just want to be listened to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. And that sounds like you guys. And, and yet you've got the wherewithal, you've got the, your brilliance and all the experience you have to be able to put this into words that make a difference for people that want that now. And it sounds like you've surrounded yourself with individuals that bring other gifts to the party and experience to be able to really make this package powerful. Well, that's true. So, you know, it, it turned out to be really, um, you know, beneficial that I, I ended up teaming with uh, starting out with Mike Danfos. Um, and, uh, and Mike is a you know business guy. I mean, he's a former CEO. He's founded companies, um, all this. And, yeah. uh, and so as much as, as, as much as I might be able to bring to the table, one thing I can never bring to the table is knowing what it feels like to sit in that seat. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and he's, you know, has more knowledge about that than I'll ever have in my little finger. <laughs> and, and that's, that's where he comes in as a big asset around the table. Yeah. You know, they had so much credibility too yeah. with yeah. both of what you bring. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and we just, and, and we just, um, we just brought in another, um, uh, younger guy, um, named Dan Ben Honeywell, who was actually a client. He was uh, he ran a company that went through our process. And, and this is actually an interesting story. Talk about self-awareness is um, as we went through the process and redefined the company, um, he ended up saying, um, you know, the, the company that we now just redefined is not the company that I should be running. Uh, and wow. uh, but it's wow. the right thing for the company. And so he uh, he actually he actually left as CEO and and then uh, um, and then joined with us and that's now he's fantastic because uh, working on category design project. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. You know, <clears throat> we are at a point where we have um, we could go in one of two directions, and one is we could we could continue, <laughs> which I would love <laughs> to do, but the other is is the time frame. And I, I want to give it to you. You've got a lot of people out there that have, are, like both of us, are going through a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, they've got companies, they've, they've got an idea maybe. What would you leave them to? How do they connect with you folks? And, and what would you leave them thinking that you think would be a value for them in, in moving forward? Hmm. Uh, well, let me. Uh, uh, I have think a few things I can say. Um, so one is obviously you know you can. I mean we're category design advisors. There's a website categorydesignadvisors.com. You can always go there and find us. We actually offer there. We have there's a button in the, on the site that um, offers what we call office hours, and um, you can actually schedule uh, if you just want to talk to us and just find out, you know. Uh, get some free advice or whatever. I mean, you can actually schedule that and we'll, we'll get on with you. Beautiful. Um, but um, uh, a couple of other points I want to make is um, that one of the things we understand that's important to most of the companies we work with, because most of them are, uh, you know, pre-IPO startups, they're, they're racing. Um, they don't want to spend, uh, you know, six months trying to figure this out. Yeah. So um, we have, you know, um, figure out a way to, to do this in a really compressed way. Um, that's uh, usually from the day we start doing research to the day we're kind of walking away, it's two to three weeks. Yeah. 
Wow. And and leaving you with that narrative story, that feeling of you've got the flag on the hill, you you know, um, all of that. Um, so, you know, getting, you know, time, <laughs> to use a weird techie kind of construct, time to category is actually, we understand it's important to us and it's important to the companies we work with. Yeah. And the last thing I, I, I would want to leave your company or your, your audience with um, is that um, there's a lot going on in the world right now. A lot of things are changing and it can look like it's you know dark and changing for the worse or all these kinds of things. If one of the things we've come to realize, especially looking through history of categories getting created, or important categories are getting created, and um, great changes in context, great changes in what's going on actually open up opportunities for the best new categories mm -hmm. um, because they create new problems that people didn't have before. And, uh, uh, and so even though um, times like these may feel like, you know, to go back to what you said earlier, is you, you want to crawl up and crawl in bed and, you know, <laughs> put, put the covers over your head and wait, wait, wait it out. Um, if you look up and, and understand how the context around whatever markets you're addressing is changing, um, these are times when you can see new categories in ways you probably can't or new opportunities in ways you can other times. So it's um, put, put on your optimistic hat yeah. and, yeah. and, uh, and look at this as a, as a potential opportunity time. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, uh, thank you so much for, for slicing a bit of your time out of your day and sharing it with us. Fabulous information. And, um, Kudos to you and your team on what you're doing because it's so valuable, uh, and and it really makes the shift from from the operating from threat as a motivator from operating from value, and the results are astronomical. Um, right. And you've got to, You've really got to not only develop that profitability, you've got to develop that ability to engage your associates, as we all know. So. Um, People will be able to find your website on once we put this package together. But those of you that are listening right now, I just want to remind you that wherever you are in your life right now, just remember it's exactly where you need to be. And what we've learned from Kevin is the importance of the vision, of knowing what your why is, so that when you do go to make another decision, it's not based on everything that's already taken place but moving you more towards what it is in the outcomes that you want. It can happen like that. And that's the power of vision. And Kevin, you've really, you've really engaged me. I'm fascinated by what your organization does. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe there's something here uh, that we could continue together on. But um, I know that's not the first time you've heard that. But anyway, oh. thank you again for being here. Very much appreciated. You're welcome. And, and always uh, happy to have these conversations. It's great. All right. All right. And and all our listeners, it's your life. You know, just keep having the time of it. And no matter what the circumstances, remember, it's not the circumstances, the thinking that takes place during the circumstance that makes a difference. And you're the one who controls that. So once again, all the best to all of you. And I look forward to our next time. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we ask that you please subscribe and share with your friends and associates. The world's population is getting older and it's changing everything. Living longer and increasing our relevance is something we all must deal with. And to be successful at it, no matter your age, takes awareness and insight. Larry's next guest, Brad Sherman, 
is the expert when it comes to relevance and longevity. He is the author of the best-selling book, Super Age, and shares what a historical time in history we are living and how you can maximize this opportunity.